Okay, and hi, my name is Andrew Cummings, and uh, around here I'm called Ultra Budget Bruce, and I, not sure why I am leading this off, but you know, I guess it's guest right, um, and uh, hi, welcome, welcome to the podcast. And this is Murphus. You can find me on Twitter at MurphusAlvyMGG, and you can find my articles over at Commander's Herald. Hey guys, Mr. Comma number five here. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Comma number five on Twitter. I'll spell that except for the five. You can reach our primary account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. And yes, I know you're racking your brains. It is I, the most non-budget player on the planet, here to talk about budget. Be confused. But welcome to a new episode of the Budget Shoppe, or shop as uh, you know normal people call it, where floor to ceiling has no meaning and the foiling is always taco shaped. Do you know what's nice about taco-shaped foils? They're super freaking cheap. They're so cheap. <laughs> they are very cheap. <laughs> On a budget, baby. Now, you guys might be curious what the Budget Shop series is going to be about. So this is where we're going to take our good friend, Ultra Budget Brews, Andrew from EDH Rec. And we're going to talk about, from a high level, a archetype of a deck. Could be counters. Uh, could be Death Touch, you know, something like that. What is what is that overall archetype of it? And then we're going to parse it down a little bit. Each of us are going to talk about a legendary or just someone who could home a deck and how that could kind of work around the archetype and budget. And then we're going to get very granular with the nickel, the dime, uh, the penny, and I have to stop doing the jingle or we'll be sued, uh, where we'll each talk about a card that's under one of those respective dollar amounts and how it kind of plays with our commander and this archetype and budget. So today we're going to be focused around a very popular archetype. I believe uh, Murphus confirmed it is the second most popular archetype, Life Gain. Uh, Mr. Bruise, talk to us about what Life Gain looks like to you holistically when someone's trying to build out a Life Gain deck, but you know maybe they're scraping pennies stuck to the underside of a park bench. How, how would they do that from your eyes? Yeah, absolutely. So life gain is, I think one of it's the one of the most popular uh, archetypes, like we said, and I think part of that is because it is so incredibly new player friendly. It is something that people just gravitate towards. Uh, you know, people don't want to win. Uh, you know, twenty to zero. They want to win a hundred to zero. They want to win two hundred to zero. You know, obviously a win's a win, but you know that mindset. It's like I want to get my life total to super super high. Um, which is perfect. Like that's a, it's a fun thing to do, you know, and it, there are obviously strategic things you can do with that as well, which we're going to get into, but I would say life gain. Um, there are two different kinds, no matter the color, uh, there are a variety of different colors that you can go with, uh, color combinations. Um, you're doing one or two things. You're either doing chunks. I'm going to gain five life here. I'm going to gain 10 life. I'm going to gain seven life, right? Or you're doing drips and drabs. Uh, you're doing one at a time. Like, oh, I did a thing, I gain a life. Oh, I did a thing, I gain a life. You know, what's the Family Guy bit? Ooh, piece of candy. You know, that whole thing <laughs> is basically what you're doing, except you're gaining life. That's perfect. So uh, I would say typically uh, most life gain uh, adjacent cards are going to be more uh, focused around the drips and drabs uh, method. But there are definitely some really cool commanders that can that, that uh, mess with chunks and they they work in really interesting it's interesting how how those two things they're the same thing but they diverge in this one real specific way hmm that's super interesting well uh spike I mean Murphus, uh how would you kind of look at life gain from your lens especially when you're trying to do it at a budget it's like you just played Gitaxian probe because my cards are on the table um, <laughs> so uh, life finds a way. Life is a resource, my friends. Life is a resource. And uh, the old adage is a win is a win, right? Oob said that just a minute ago. I personally, the spike in me, the grinder in me, the I had aspirations to go to the pro tour in me, would rather win a life at one than a life at a hundred. Because then I've used all of the resources at my disposal. And that sounds a little counterintuitive, especially... Uh, when you enter into the format, because there are so many different ways to play. And if I win at a hundred life, I did the thing, right? Like that's, that's really sure. what it comes down to. 
Um, the other delineation I would make with, uh, with what Andrew stated, um, you know, you can do chunks or drips and drabs. And I would also say the end game in the budget range is very different, right? So some life gain strategies within this archetype are going to want to use their life and pay life in order to create advantage, whether that's on the board, uh, cards drawn, even in combat, right? Other commanders, other strategies will just reward you for accumulating the resource. So it doesn't matter how you use it, it just matters that you have it. And so I think there's a lot of variety, not only in um, the game pieces themselves, but also how they fit together strategically that really allows this to be a vibrant and uh, dynamic um, budget archetype. Yeah, like, that that's super interesting. And of course, you know, I, I'm always the mindset, like, I'd like to win at 100 and still feel good about myself. Being at, Winning at 1 makes me a little uh, puckered up, if, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but, you know, as, as me as not the budget player at all, I really had to, like, look, at, look in the mirror and say, what does life gain mean to me when I'm talking budget? And... It's very well known across, uh, you know, our other episodes that in our play group, unless the Joplin crew comes up, I'm usually the number one threat and the one that everyone's like focused and trying to get rid of. Uh, whenever Dennis or Dustin show up, it's whew, uh, sweat off the brow because everyone focuses on them and it's great. Uh, so with with that, I actually eat whether it's a budget or one of my real decks. I actually look at life gain as almost this wooden shield I'm putting in front of myself above 40. So if I'm at 42, 45, 47, I'm never going to get to 60 or 70 because people are always hitting me. So me incrementally gaining life through some of the ways I'm about to talk about uh, and why I think it's great as an archetype for budget, it's by these drips and drabs, but I'm not doing it to gain life. I'm actually doing it because it's somewhat of a prevent life. It's almost like every time I gain life, I've fogged a future attack. And that works for me because I do get hit a lot. And in Commander, I think it's even sexier. So uh, totally Gajaxian probed out. Uh, I did a little research on Scryfall from like a dollar perspective. And at the time of this recording, there is 1,111 cards that have life gain in the uh, rules text. And they're all under a dollar. There's 1,283 of those same cards under $5. So that tells you that there's only 172 cards between a dollar one and five dollars that even have life gain to do with it. So hearing there's over a thousand cards in a card pool for me to build a budget deck, that is just screams like, yes, you could easily do this and probably do it pretty well. It's why my budget deck is a card draw deck, because card draws in literally everything. It's very easy to draw cards. I think the most expensive card I have in there is Labman at like $5 or 6 bucks or whatever. But everything else is like a dime because that's all I need to do is draw cards. So that's the way I kind of look at it is I want to incrementally gain life. We have these pre-cons. A lot of those terrible lands from Commander decks, it's like enter the battlefield tapped and gain a life. People still play them today. So if we can kind of have incremental life gain off of playing these cheaper cards that prevent my opponents from getting me to the teens... Because budget decks, I feel, are a turn 8, 9, 10, and beyond. It's not turn 5 or 6. That's fair. Um, I do think that uh, kind of what you're talking about with it being a shield is kind of interesting because often uh, I think the higher power, like when, when everybody is fighting with swords and maces and bows and arrows, that shield, a wooden shield, perfect. Uh, yeah. Somebody brings a bazooka or a flamethrower into the into the <laughs> fights. Uh, that shield isn't doing you much. So when when, when people get uh, start getting a little more competitive, I think um, decks start getting a little more powerful, a little more streamlined. Uh, you're typically not going to see life gain quite as often. Um, obviously, there are exceptions like to everything um, because it does. You know, the combo player doesn't care that you had 200 life. You're adorable. I just won with Labman. Yep. I just uh, infinitely milled you out. I just did whatever other thing that they they kill you. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's accurate. Yeah, it's. I love that example you just gave there because it's almost like the life gain person that gained two hundred life is like 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, like this massive bodybuilder, and they have all these ripped muscles. And the combo player winning with Lab Man just has like a trap door. And, you know, the other guy's over there screaming, trying to go Super Saiyan. Oh, I'm so strong. And it's like, ha push a button, you're dead. It's the Indiana Jones thing where the guy gets the sword and he's like doing the whole sword yes. thing. And then Indiana <laughs> Jones just like takes out the gun and shoots him or whatever. That's <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, perfect. Oh, man. So something I thought was going to be kind of interesting. Uh, um, I. I don't know if we have this on the notes, but I thought it'd be interesting, a good thing to bring up. Um, so when we get talk, anytime I talk about budget, um, I inevitably end up having people. Uh, one of the things they want to hear about is like, "Hey, I have this super expensive card, Teferi's Protection, Ristic Studies. Okay, I want to find budget replacement for my wrist for Ristic Studies or for Teferi's Protection because I don't want to spend thirty dollars." Um, so anytime you go into a budget discussion, I think it's good to have some kind of ground rules, so to speak. So like, we're all on a, like kind of a, uh, same understanding and at the listener, you know, that you guys are, have the same understanding that at least I have coming in. Um, so when, to, to explain this, uh, when I first got married, uh, when my wife and I first got married, we were living on a very, very tight budget because newlyweds and early twenties just started careers off, you know, and, um, when you're doing that, you, look at your budget and you say, what is important to me, right? And you try to cut corners where you can, okay? So we would go to the grocery store and I like drinking soda, right? Uh, I don't drink it as much anymore, but I, I liked drinking soda. And I like cereal, like all these kind of things. So we would go and we're like, you know what's way cheaper than regular Coke? Like the the Shasta or you yeah. know, whatever, whatever great value Coke, right? You know, it's better than Cinnamon Toast Crunch or cheaper than Cinnamon Toast Crunch? Like whatever the uh, uh, golden cinnamon toasters or, or yeah, something like that. Cinnamon toasters, I think it's called, right? What? And so, and we'd bring those home. And over time, it got to the point where I was like, you know what? The cinnamon toasters, that's doing a, that's doing a decent impression of the cinnamon toast crunch. You know, it's all, it's all good. It's fine. It, I, it, I, it's a little different. Yes. If I get the real stuff, I can tell, but it's, it's, it's doing it for me. Right. The, Shasta did not. That stuff was battery acid. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I, you can't, there is not a budget replacement for this. Okay. Oh, it is, okay. Like, you get the, you get the real thing or you don't get it at all. And so when you look at some cards like Ristic Study, like Teferi's Protection, like the thing I said, um, something that might come up later this episode, um, oh, Aetherworks Marvel, not Aetherworks Marvel, Aetherworks Reservoir. Like, oh, yeah. that's a unique thing. It's expensive. And there's just there's not another there's not a thing to replace that. That is that is that is Shasta. Okay, that is <laughs> yes. Like anything that you try to replace that with is going to be Shasta, and it's battery acid, and you're going to be really upset that you got it. Uh, and so you need to just have to know that going in. And so what we're trying to do, we're going to try to find things that are cinnamon toasters. We're going to try to find things that like it's budget, but like and you you can tell because you know you maybe have experienced the real thing, but like. It's still pretty good. You're like, you know, what? I'm happy with this. This is good. this is good stuff. I like that. That's a great analogy and uh, a great way to really look at it because I I too of the of the mindset that there isn't a budget replacement for everything, and that's okay because yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Wizards didn't create this game, or I should say, Richard Garfield didn't create this game to just keep putting out better versions of the same stuff year after year it's supposed to be diversity and that's why the game is to where it is today so um i'm okay if i have to have a shasta style chains of mephistopheles because i don't want to pay twelve thousand dollars or whatever it costs or read the card you don't want to or read, read the card, the card. That's, that's true, true. yes <laughs> yeah I, th I think what's interesting uh with that i th i think it's worth saying out loud, right? We're talking about ground rules and how we think about budget is also acknowledging the reality of where we're at and being okay with that, right? Like they're um, one of my favorite words in, in my, I can't believe it's my real job job is proximate. And proximate is this idea that it's close enough, right? It is close enough. Uh, and sometimes our relative ability um, to purchase expensive pieces of wizard cardboard for a luxury <laughs> hobby is minimal, right? Like I, we have gone through seasons as a family where it is not viable for me to spend even 15 bucks on magic in a month. And that's, 
I have to really grind and, and use buy lists and, and, you know, pimp out my trade binder like nobody's business in order to try and generate um, newness in strategy. And so I think just saying like, it's okay. It's, it is, it is okay and uh, commendable to uh, lean into where we are the season we're in and build accordingly. Yeah, that's fair. Couldn't agree more. That's fair. Yep. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, I think it's time for a little Patrick commercial. All right. Insert commercial. I don't know why I did that. You, you can just disregard hey. that editor. Don't disregard it. Just uh, We need to like blow out the people's ears when they're in the car. <laughs> they're like, oh, God. And they're like about to fly off the road. 100%. It's kind of like that... Uh, I, I can't remember what song that was, but it like hits that frequency um, that everyone just ends up shitting themselves. It's like the surprise, like it's just a normal note. audio episode, yeah. And then it's just <laughs> maybe I'll do that for our last episode ever. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Do you like CMD Tower content? Do you wish you could have more of it? Well, you should head over to our Patreon, Patreon.com/CMDTower. That's where we really lean on the community for help in running our channel, but also giving back to you as well. So for just literally a buck a month, you can join and get tons of soft value, opportunities to be on the show, interact with the collective in our very lively chat. And then for even just five, 15 or 25 bucks, you're gonna get swag. You're gonna get RK post tokens. Really, it's one of the best values out there patreon.com slash cmd tower well since we were focused around an archetype aka life gain we kind of need a legend to helm said deck so murphus what legendary creature planeswalker partners spoke to you for helming a life gain budget deck yeah so i actually have uh been building in this space recently uh when i saw a card that was released in the Witherbloom deck that came out for the Strixhaven Commander release. And that is Tivash Gloom Summoner. This guy comes in at a whopping 19 cents, which is muy bueno. And it is a human warlock for four and a black life link. At the beginning of your end step, if you gained life this turn, you may pay X life, where X is the amount of life you gained this turn. And if you do, you create an XX Black Demon Creature Token. So this is playing in that space that uh, I talked about earlier, right? Like we're utilizing life as a resource in order to uh, push the board state forward. And what's really nice about um, decks that are using life gain this way, I think, is that... Um, the life gain cards are never incidental because they equal other currency in game. So any life, even uh, a drip and drab, I gain one life during my upkeep and you lose a life, right? That's kind of Black's way of doing life gain is to drain. With Tivosh on the battlefield, that still is a 1-1 flyer in play that's going to push advantage. And the number of times I have killed somebody with a 1-1 flyer or a 2-1 snapcaster mage or whatever is not inconsequential like every every game piece matters and so i think converting life into card uh in, into some kind of cardboard to push an advantage uh, is really significant and it it also is a really cool restriction it's mono black i don't have any access to white or green or uh blue or black or uh, red right so it's like there's it really truncates what is possible um is it good? I don't know. I maybe. I, I think. It, I think it's fine. So. Well, and I, I want against it. It's solid. Well, and that's actually kind of what. Well, since you've played against it, you tell me your thought. Because here's. So the first thing is, I typed it in. I see the card. I see the CMC. I see what it does. And the first thing in my head, the spike in me is like, okay, well that's overcosted. It's it effects only impactful on your turn. But now it's. I was as Murphy was talking. Murphus was talking more. Oob, is that what kind of 
puts a card in the budget realm. Like, obviously, Wizards isn't designing cards to be budget. They're just designing cards to be in sets. But is that kind of how we end up seeing cards dip below a dollar, five dollars, is when, like, a card like this, if it was four or three in the same effect, might get played a little bit more. If it's at the beginning of each end step, it'd get played a lot more. But it's like, it's five, it's only on your turn, you can only get it once. Is that kind of what maybe made this card not be a dollar fifty-two dollars and it's 19 cents? I, I think that, I mean, I think price, when you get into the price of cards, it gets, you get pretty into a lot of different conflicting things. Um, I think one of the things you're talking about is power. And I think that definitely can uh, have an effect on a card's price. But I think the thing that's more of an effect and what actually the power of a card affects is its popularity. Um, mm -hmm. If you were to look at Tavash, it has 180 decks. It is in, uh, oh gosh, how many decks is it? It's only in, as a card, sorry, I'm, I'm on, uh, let's see, I'm on, what do you call it, EDH rec right now. As a card, it is in 2,314 decks, which, and I would imagine that the vast majority of those uh, are just it's people putting in the uh it's a pre-con effect oh yeah um, and so most of those are probably not people that added have added it in it's just like oh it came in the pre-con so i, I put it on architect or mark Steel or whatever um and so it's not a super popular card and so um and it's probably not popular partially because it could be more powerful because it is a live drop because it's is it has some restrictions um but also it's it's plentiful that came in the precon, you know, and there are a million of those printed. Uh, so so they're everywhere. Like you could probably uh, if you go down to your local GameStop or GameStop your game store and you people have a trade binder, you know, that's a crazy thought. But uh, you probably there will probably be a binder or three that will have a Tibosh just chilling in there that nobody's using or nobody's trying to trade for, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I think that it's probably partially just because yeah it's not terribly powerful but i think that restriction makes it interesting fair enough well the commander or legendary that i picked shocked the cast a little bit beforehand because we did trade notes you can get this gal for a cool 17 cents or i have like 39 copies of my trade binder because they printed her to death in m21 niambi esteemed speaker I have to so, look at this card still. <laughs> <laughs> it is Azorius to cast, so just one white, one blue, legendary creature, human cleric, and I do believe um, good old, uh, oh my gosh, Teferi. I don't know how I was blanking on him. I kept thinking Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Teferi, isn't that his daughter, I believe? Uh, yes. Okay. It's his daughter, and I think Sabira, one of my favorite decks, is, I think that's his wife. Okay, God okay. Nerd. Cool. Uh, it's a 2-1. She has Flash. Um, she has an effect that you'll probably never use in a budget realm. I do want Oop to give like a little 15-second comment on it. Colorless, Azorius, tap, discard a legendary card, draw two cards. There's probably not a lot of legendary in budget, right? Like under a dollar, under two bucks. I would. You, you'd be shocked with how many legends they keep pumping out. Uh, like fair. every every set like we're just getting more and more and more legends and if you look at your average deck if you were to look at your average deck and you actually put it in a website and you were to get the data i would bet 10 to 15 percent of your creatures in each deck are, are legendary right now. so uh uh just a quick scry fall uh we're looking at 738 legendary cards under a dollar Okay. Now, Murphus, since you already have that up, why don't you go ahead and, while I read the rest of her, filter that down to also include only Azorius as in the color uh, commander color identity, because I'm curious how much more that goes down. Uh, but Neombi does have an effect, and this is why I look at her as a life gain budget option. When Neombi esteemed speaker enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. Murphus, do we have a number on how many Azorius Legends are available under a dollar? Yes, and this uh, was shocking. Shocking to me. 198 15. Azorius Legends. Like, that fit within the Azorius uh, color. Color pie. Right. Wow. wow. There are a million of them, man. And That's... it's also a legendary card. It's not just creatures. You can discard yep. 
a land, an artifact, an enchantment, any of that. So Okay, that's fair. So here's here's kind of how why I looked at Neombi as a decent budget option. Um Azorius, they love flicker effects. Like white and blue does a lot of blink at the end of your turn blink. Something happens, blink. It's always blinking. Stuff's always happening. So I think you're going to be able to use repeatable ETBs, and there's a lot of them that enter the battlefield, gain six life, gain three life, and a lot of them are very cheap. I didn't include any of them in my penny nickel dime quarter, uh, but there was one that literally was like six mana and enter the battlefield, gain three life, and it was a three six. I mean, it was beefy. Um, so there's lots of stuff that way. You get the life gain on your flicker. So the nice thing is that with Niambi being based on the creature's converted mana cost, you can kind of play around with it. And we'll we won't be talking about it today. It's something that I had worked on a say yes or a theory craft for Big Tuck. But there's a lot of cards that's like, hey, reduce the cost down by how much life you've gained this turn. Or reduce it down by the total power of your creatures on board. So I think you're going to be able to use Neombi to almost do like the Vile Smasher Gem from Spike Feeder's effect. Hey, let me flicker you back to my hand. I'm going to gain nine life because you're a nine drop. But then when I play you, I only have to pay two because some of alternative casting costs. So I think you could do a lot with that. Azorius does that very well. And I think she's very budget because she's very undervalued. In Commander, she has 276 decks where she is the legend. And she has 2,000 where she's in the 99. Get this, of 168,000 qualified decks. So you are not seeing Neombi out there. Her The fact that you get the life gain on the flicker, I think that's just going to open up the door a lot to where you don't have to just, uh, let me only find creatures that gain me life when they come in. It's like, no, play other utility stuff be able to repeat use it but then you're just getting like i said that wooden shield every turn maybe every other turn however you're able to get her in and out you'll be able to do a lot with it yeah i've literally never seen this card uh on a battlefield ever never so but I, this is this is right i love the spice like it. it's it's super cool and just scrolling through some azorius legends there is some um there's some spicy meatballs in here man Jareth, Leonin, Titan seems sweet. Ooh, that would be good. Nice. Cool. All right. So for mine, um, I picked what I actually think is one of the best budget decks. Not like like power, but like just it's a great deck for on a budget, and it's great for beginners, honestly, too. Um, something about having you know, teaching people to play Magic, you want them to have a deck that is easy to understand. But also, you want to play things against them that are easy to understand. You can give somebody a deck that's new. That's You can give them a pre-con, and they're going to be able to get it. But if you're playing some convoluted toolbox, uh, you know, Sisse, Weatherlight Captain, or whatever deck, they're going to sit there and have no idea what you're doing. And that, that's not going to help them learn. Um, so the, de the deck that I picked was uh, Trelsara. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I apologize. Trelsara uh, Moondancer. And so I'm going to go ahead and read that. Trasala Moon Dancer is from the, it's an uncommon from uh, the D&D &D set. Uh, it is a green and a white. And it says, whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on Trasala Moon Dancer and then scry one. And it's a two, two. So it is kind of analogous, analogous to uh, a Johnny's Pride Bay. It's this whole like drips and drabs thing. Every, you just want, you don't care about how much life you gain. You just want to gain it a As bunch of times. Yeah. What's up? Oh, no, no. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. No, sure. You're good. So, like, it's like, I want to I want to gain life for doing anything. It's like, oh, I play a land. I want to gain a life. Uh, did a creature come in? I want to gain a life. Did you flick your cards? I would love to gain a life. Did I look at your look at my phone? Uh, I would like to gain a life. You want to gain a life for everything. And one of the cool things is also is that you... Uh, you get to scry. Green and white. Green, granted, it's getting more and more and more card draw and card advantage effects. White is is getting there. Wizards is trying. Um, but that scry uh, is pretty important, especially later on. If you Once you have your engine set up, you can really start digging through your deck. You're like, oh, nope, don't want that. Don't want that. You can like scry through 
five your top five cards and you know try to find that board wipe or that removal spell or the whatever it is that you might be needing at that point um and so and so she's just super easy to grok and i think it's just a great deck it's just, it's just a good deck also costs like 23 cents which is you know nothing yeah i i like this pick a lot i i think the I think I, I what I love about your explanation is the easiness to grok. This is, I put counters on it. I scry, so there's some built-in pseudo advantage. You know, after three scries, you're pretty close to drawing a card, right? Like in terms of value and filtering, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, beep beep, burr burr, and you run somebody over with commander damage, and it feels really good, right? Slamming somebody with a twenty-four twenty-four. Trellisara is going to feel great, especially for uh, new players. And honestly, even for me, uh, I played Trellisara a lot in that weird uh, in-between standard format when standard was the worst, when Eldraine was still legal. <laughs> and they they effectively shadow banned it. And I played a lot of Trellisara. And uh, even as a spike, getting in there with something like that is, it feels really good. It feels really good. I do think it's something cool too to be able to like have a card and Yambi is a little bit like this and Tavash even. I mean, honestly, they're all kind of like this. Is like, hey, did I do the thing I would came here to do? Did I did I bounce a nine drop to my hand and then re- and then gain nine life, use something with that life gain, and then replay it for super cheap? Um, if I did and I lost, I still feel like I, I did, did my thing. Cool. Yeah, you know, if if Murphy, you know makes a 1616 demon with Tavash. Like even if he loses, like I made a 1616 demon. That's sweet. If I get Trosara up to a 1515, like even if I'm just getting chump locked to death, like yeah, that sucks. But like I did a cool thing and that's awesome. So I, I like commanders like that where you have it's like you you did something even if you don't end up winning. And I think something new and point out about Trellisera is Silencia does this very well. And very cheap combat tricks. <laughs> they do combat oh, tricks so easy and so cheap. So you could absolutely do your Trellisera life gain deck. So kind of similar to like Tux Theorycraft that'll be coming out this weekend. I was trying to find ways to like cheat a combat trick or cheat an evasion because he's doing a budget deck. Uh, but his is okay. ridiculous. It's partners with a companion, and it's all creatures. It's terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone get excited for that. So I was trying to find these really weird ways, and green and white just kept screaming at me like, hey, you know this cheap little instant over here? Hey, you know this little sorcery that could kind of give all your creatures like Rampage? Hey, we could give everyone Trample. I just didn't have access to it. But in this, because you're not doing with that weird restriction he is, man, Trellisara, you could almost make her... The only you could almost have her be only creature dot deck, and everything else is just life gain and combat tricks and just ways to capitalize on that because she does just cost two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love at the the longer I've played commander, the, the more I realize that I like playing commander because I get to play a commander. Like yep. commander is why I build the deck, and so I want my commanders to cost two, three, four, you know, and uh, so that I can play them a bunch because it's fun and it, it, they get killed often if yep. you're building your deck you know, correctly. And so, and Trussaller is not different than that. And so you'll get to replay a bunch, which is great. For sure. Well, we haven't heard about the amazing CMD Tower store yet. Uh, Insert internal paid, but not paid advertisements. Hey there, Collective. Do you need a new playmat? Do you need some sleeves? Have you been forgetting your upkeep triggers well be sure to head over to cmdtower.com slash merch and be able to pick up all the great swag made for you guys it could be the mr comma number five reminder token it could be the squee mcgee get up and fight coin or heck even our foil playmat or jund holiday sweaters all of it's there go check it out all right for the section that we may get cut off the air for the penny the nickel the dime the pee because we can't end it with that 25 cent denomination. Uh, this is where each of us, in a little bit of Weatherlight Report fashion, a little bit of Bruise and Builds fashion, uh, we kind of have a budget restriction. And what each of us are going to do is talk about a card under each of those denominations or at that denomination that sync up well with the commander that we picked and we wanted to talk about. 
So I'll start this off with my penny. I wanted to talk about Lagana Band Storyteller. So Lagana Band Storyteller is exactly one penny, because it is the penny. Uh, it is three colorless white. It's a creature centaur advisor. It's an uncommon from Theros Beyond Death. It's a 3-4. So it's going to gain us four life when we bounce it back to our hand. Well, what does white and blue usually have very powerful of, even if they are maybe a little overcosted? Enchantments. They have some very powerful ones. So when this ETBs, you may put target enchantment card from your graveyard on top of your library. Hey, if you do, gain life equal to its converted mana cost. So we just bounced him, gained four, replayed him, put an enchantment from our graveyard back on, maybe gained another five, another six for four mana. So I think this is a great penny addition for a budget deck. I like it. Well, for the nickel, this is a card I believe um, I saw in Arena. Pretty sure I did. Um, and I'm pretty sure I hated it. Uh, this card came out in uh, M19. We're talking Dwarven Priest. Three colorless white, creature dwarf cleric. It's a common for two pennies. When Dwarven Priest enters the battlefield, you gain one life for each creature you control. It's a 2-4. You bounce it, you gained four life. You play it, you probably gained another four to five life. Super easy. He has a little bit of a butt. He could protect himself. Um, I think this would be a real good nickel card for a life gain Niambi deck. Oh, yeah. yeah the, you want lots of enter the battlefield effects. That's fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I like the spice. I like it. Well, we're about to get real weird here. So um, let's talk a little bit about Loxodon Life Chanter. I think this is kind of where it gets a little hairy. And when we're only talking about four cards, you'll have to open your mind's eye. Um, <laughs> five colorless white, four, six. It's a rare for a dime. Uh, creature Elephant Cleric. When it ETBs, you may have your life total become the total toughness of all creatures you control. For five colorless white, at any time, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is your life total. So, once again, I look at this. Hey, for six, or for the, the six CMC, I'm gaining six life back. Play this guy. You know, if we got a bunch of tough, big butt creatures, you know, maybe we're actually getting above the life total that we're at. You know, this could be good late game. I think this could be more fun, though, because if you're really doing the life game the right way with this Neombi deck, even if he resets you down to, let's just call it 15, you should easily be able to get back to 25 or 30. And then you're paying six, and he's a 34-36, looking to whoop some ass. So I think this is a pretty cool card that could be your game winner, but also be able to get you six life whenever you need to uh, put it back to hand. Yeah, that's super cool. I like that. Huh. I've never I've never seen that card, actually. I've, okay, I just haven't. Yeah, these cards I've not seen. I've not seen an Naomi deck or anything that would go in it. This is awesome. <laughs> well... My last one, it's, it's a, it's a two-parter, because I got a very boring one, because um, I think this is actually the right play. Uh, I think Quain Intenerent Meddler would be good. You can get it for about 17 cents. Just straight oh, Azorius, blue-white, legendary creature, rabbit wizard, 1-3. Tap it, each player may draw a card, then each player who drew a card this way gains one life. You know, gain life. I mean, this gets you a life gain and card draw. So it's very boring, though. And I'm not going to end you guys with boring for my very first budget discussion. So I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Victory's Herald. How about, how about we talk about that? So Vic Oh, gosh. This is the, the scourge of, like, intro deck, casual, you know, 73-card, uh, you know, decks everywhere. God, I remember this card. Go ahead. Three colorless, white, 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 for 15 cents, creature, angel, rare. It's a 4-4. Four, four. It has flying. Whenever Victory's Herald attacks... Attacking creatures gain flying and a lifelink until end of turn. The reason I like this in here is it is six, so she can blink them and you gain six. That's cool. But, Oob, I want you to correct me if I'm wrong before I just get your guys' overall thoughts on my Penny Nickel Dime Quarter. I feel like budget decks primarily are going to win off of red zone combat. Is that a fair yes. assessment? Okay. That That is definitely a fair assessment. Uh, one of the cool things is that uh, you can win. Uh, that that that's one of the cool things with budget is that no, your uh, how you win. You you can kill somebody with a uh, God. What is that green dinosaur? The um, colossal dreadmaw. Six six for six. 
Yes, Colossal Dreadmaw. Colossal Dreadmaw can absolutely annihilate some people. You know, there's no shortage of ways. I've, I've been killed by a Colossal Dreadmaw by a student in a, when I used to do a, a game club, and I just, like, just got run over by this thing. I was, like, playing, like, a Mizzix deck. And I was like, how did I lose to this? I don't even... I, okay. <laughs> so, like, you don't need to spend money on ways to win on big creatures. There are a million of those. You can find them for, for nickels. Um, so, yeah, that that's typically how you're going to win at the budget deck is by just getting in the red zone. And before I get, uh, we'll start with Murphy's first for thoughts. Did you guys know that Victory's Herald was illustrated by RK Post? I did not. I did not. I didn't know he actually did legitimate magic art. I thought he just did tokens and did fun collaboration stuff. So very interesting. Yeah, his tokens are rad. Oh, I love them. So uh, Murphys and Oob, just overall 15-second thoughts. What would you guys think of the Penny Nickel Dime Quarter for Niambi? Do you think that's going to fit what she's doing, or do you think we're still being way too sweaty? I, I think that you're pretty, pretty right on with what she wants to do. The trick is going to be finding reliable ways to blink her, right? Like, especially when you're looking at budget. Some of those things can amp up and... Uh, you know, on a Twitter poll a few weeks ago, we talked about, you know, what does budget mean? And $100 average, like less than $100 budget for a deck means you can have $5, $10 cards and pennies, nickels, dimes, and other various amounts of, of cents and uh, have it be really powerful. So I think this is right on. I personally loved it. I think that uh, one of the cool things about playing a sort of hipster commander, so to speak, is getting to play really hipster cards. Uh, that's something that uh, some people get really nervous about, I think, especially if they're a little newer to the game or newer to a group. They don't want people to look askance at their cards and think that they're playing bad cards, uh, quote unquote. But uh, this is awesome. I, I, I love it. I love playing weird cards and you know, bring, bring, bring the strange. It's great. All right. Well, uh, Murphys, why don't we go to you next? Uh, what was your penny nickel dime quarter for Tadosh? So I decided to get even s just the spiciest with this penny. And I want you to go on a journey. I want you to go on a journey with me. And this journey is not <laughs> a journey that we're going to take hand in hand with Tivosh. This is a journey that we'll take hand on hand with Niambi or maybe Trellisara. My penny is Amru Scout. Amru Never Scout. Heard of this card. Ah, yes. The ah, it's so good. I it might be uh what sustains me when people say I have never seen this card before. Um I, I feel that. So this is a card from Time Spiral and Time Spiral Remastered. Um and it is a one uh one and a white for a Kithkin Rebel Scout 2-1. has four tap searcher library for a Rebel permanent card with a CMC three or less and put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. The journey out... What are you searching for with this? My friends, you are searching for Rebels. You are searching for all <laughs> of the Rebels because when you're in life gain, having access to a toolbox of effects, especially on a budget, can be... A game-changing thing to do it does take the complexity of the deck up like strategically but if you uh take a look at rebels especially in white um you get a lot of power uh really powerful effects and a lot of rebels have that text of pay some mana tap it to search your library for another rebel um so I think of Children of Corliss, where you can sacrifice it to gain life equal to the life you're lost this turn. It can effectively fog a really intense combat. You can get uh, tappers. You can get effective attackers. You can uh, remove specific colors of creatures from the game. Um, th this, is a, this is a stretch. Because it doesn't gain you life, but what it does is it gains you access to strategic diversity within your life gain deck. And it's a penny. Um, so that's the Lucy, the Luciest and the Goosiest of all of them. 
<laughs> Getting Children of Coralus is pretty great. So yeah, that, that that gets you for the life gain. You're good. Okay, cool, 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 cool. So uh, at a nickel, we have Parasitic Grasp, which is actually a new card. Um, and Parasitic Grasp costs three mana, I believe. Or no, it costs two mana. That's right. Um, Got that cleave cost, right? Yep. It's yeah. technically just a, uh, not quite a better murder, but we're getting close. We're, we're getting close to the murder range. Parasitic Graphs cost one and a black, uh, and it was printed in Crimson Vow as cleave one BB. Parasitic Grasp deals three damage to target, brackets, human creature you control, or human creature you gain three life. So if you pay one black black, it deals three damage to anything and you gain three life. If you actually look at EDH rec to the breakdown of the top creatures in the format, this will kill almost everything. Within the top yeah, 50, it kills like a lot of stuff. I think the last count I did is this and lightning bolt. I was about to say, so does that mean lightning bolt is viable in commander? My way better than you think. My friends, lightning bolt is not just viable; it is actively good, and you are not playing it enough. And rant. Uh, so, parasitic grasp kills something like forty-two out of the top fifty creatures in the format. Now, some of those creatures aren't going to matter because they're going to sacrifice their secure tribe elder, or sure, whatever, right? But that's not nothing. Um, and having the life gain tacked on to a pretty efficient removal spell with a lot of flexibility. And humans are a really popular creature type, even if you're not playing against a human tribal deck. They're just everywhere. Um, so even without paying the cleave cost, you're going to hit a lot of things. Um, the next one, uh, the next card uh, for me in at a dime is Chainer's Torment, which is oh, I love this card a so saga. Much. Oh my god. It is... It is Chef's Kiss. Uh, three and a black for a saga. It came out in Dominaria. Uh, chapter one and chapter two have the same ability. Chainer's Torment deals two damage to each opponent, and you gain two life. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Those are little drips and drabs. Uh, chapter three, create an XX Black Horror Nightmare Creature Token, where X is half of your life total rounded up. It deals X damage to you. So... We're talking about using our life as a resource, especially in Tivash, right? So you're getting some drips, maybe making some demons, and then, hey, I'm still sitting at like 38, 40 life. I've drained people a couple times. I'm going to go ahead and create an 1818, a 1919, a 2020 horror. It's going to deal 20 damage to me. I don't care. What a horror. Because I'm going to destroy you. What, what would... <laughs> Why, why, why do we got to demean my, my dimes? Why do we got to fight? No, no, I, I just love that because I, it's actually for years whenever I've said horror because I have a lisp, it always just sounds like I say horror. So it's like, yeah, I just made a XX black nightmare horror creature token. It's like, God, what would that I really thought like? you were, I thought you said horror. I was like, what are you, why would you say I know, that? I was so <laughs> <confused>. <laughs> yep, yeah, just uh, the good old lisp and speech impediment. It's not horror. Oh my God. It's kind of like how I couldn't say aluminum for years. So anyways, this card's amazing though. I don't know if you guys told me pay four mana and over two turns, you're going to drain the table, col table collectively for 12 and you're going to gain four. I don't think I'd say no. And it's kind of what this and card does. you make does. a giant flyer. Hopefully, hopefully, but I I look at these cards and Murphy. I'll say we're cutting you off. I'll let you take over. But last thing on this, do you think you almost play this knowing like I'm probably not going to get the third option? But if I get the first two, I'm good with it. So what I found is that this seems underwhelming enough that people leave it until chapter three. Oh well, they're idiots. Um, almost always because it's like oh yeah, it's tagging me for two. It's whatever. It's a nothing enchantment. And enchantments, historically, are also some of the hardest card types yep. to remove from the table. So why would they blow a naturalize on a Chainer's Torment? Why would they do that? When it's going to blow up itself. It's going to blow up itself in two turns. Why do I care? I need to save this for a Smothering <laughs> a 19, Tithe. 19. And then I smack them in the face for 19, and they lose the game. And it just it's, it's just wholesome good times. Wholesome good times. My last... My quarter. This is an oldie and uh, in no decky card. Coming in at a whopping 17 cents is Death Watch. 
Friends, do you know what Death Watch does? I'll tell you what Death Watch does. I do not know. What it Death costs Watch a does. single black mana, and it is from Visions, uh, which equals an eternity ago. It is an enchantment aura. Enchant creature. When enchanted creature dies, its controller loses life equal to its power, and you gain life equal to its toughness. Okay. Huh. That's, do you know? That's... Do do you know how easy it is to remove creatures in black? Oh yeah, it's very oh, yeah. uh, your your favorite card, murder, a parasitic oh, yeah. grasp. There are a lot of options. Heroes uh, downfall, right? And then there's also recurrable ways to kill creatures, like recurring ways to kill creatures either on triggers, um, for Shriek sacrifice, Maw. whatever. Shriek Maw. Um, Death Watch ultimately gets you to a place where it's like, yeah, I can make a 4-4 four, four this turn. 5-5 five, five this turn for a single mana. And that conversion rate is really good. Like the efficiency was spiking me again. The efficiency matters. So uh, just 15 second takes on Penny Nickel Dime Quarter. What do you guys think? Amro Scout was loose. Uh, I, I see where you're at. Um uh... I love the other ones, though. Uh, Death Watch is not a card I've ever heard of. There are so many things I want to do with that card. Holy crap. It's got my my, uh, Bruin brain going, for sure. Yeah, so for me, same thing on the first one. I was actually sitting there trying to search Scryfall for Rebels, and Scryfall's even like, what the hell are you doing looking for Rebels? No one searches for that. (laughs) Why would you do that? Why? People look for (laughs) Kithkins more than they look for Rebels. Um, But I will say this. I really like the Chainer's Torment, I like, now that you've kind of talked about how people just kind of ignore that third one, because that's really, I don't play sagas at all, and it's because it's literally like telegraphed in three turns, this is happening. It's kind of like suspend, but at least with suspend, most of the time they can't interact with it. With this, it's just like, uh, I'll just blow it up before it doesn't get to that. So the fact that you seem to hit it regularly or you've seen it hit regularly, that makes me very excited. So I really like that. The only thing I'll leave you with is one last question. Death Watch, Enchantment, Mono Black. Are you are you comfortable putting this in knowing like I'm probably just using it once and that's it? Like is it still good enough for that? I think the efficiency is really what it comes down to, right? Like if Chainer's Torment is making two 2-2 two, two flying demon creature tokens over two turns and this can make a single 4-4 four, four on one turn, I will always take the 4-4 four, four on one turn over two 2-2s. Two, always fair enough especially at one mana one mana is pretty hard to beat well oob bring us home with your penny nickel dime quarter for your old gal for sure so yeah so my penny um is so so to preface this there are gonna be a lot of these kind of cards one of the most important cards for a life gain deck especially if you go in drips and drafts life gain. is uh what uh what oh gaining life for life gain i believe it's gaining, yeah, gaining life. life yes okay Yes, uh, are what you call the Soul Sisters, or sometimes you <laughs> hear them referred to, uh, referred to as uh, it's like Soul's Attendant, uh, Soul, Soul Warden. Warden uh, yes, so all of those. So it's like basically, if a creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life, and they all cost one. Yep, and they all cost much more money than they should. Uh, like Soul's Attendant's like five bucks or something, just because it's been printed once in World Wake or something like that forever ago. Um, so. You want to find things to replace that. And these things aren't quite as good, but they're close. Um, so my first one is Kazandu Nectar Pot. So this is a one and a green uh, common creature insect from the newest Zendikar set. Um, it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. And it's a 1-3. So uh, earlier, I think Sean had talked about um, stuff with all of those little, uh, your, those, those crappy dual lands where you play it and it gains a life yep. and it comes untapped. What if you got the gain a life effect and didn't have to have a tapped land? You just got to play lands that came in untapped. Or you get it twice because you do both. Or, or you play an Evolving Wilds oh, or a Terramorphic oh, Expanse or a Fabled Passage or whatever, and it that's all the all the life gain. So this is <laughs> this is one of those ways that you kind of get start getting little little bits of life for doing anything, and this is one of those things. Um, and the, the the three toughness, but it matters sometimes. You know, they can block some stuff. So uh, still dies to Parasitic can... Grasp. Just just <laughs> and <scoring>. Lightning Bolt. <laughs> 
let's enlighten people. You are not wrong. Okay, so my next one is a really kind of a weird one. It is Answered Prayers. So it is a three drop. Uh, it's one, a white and white enchantment uh, from the first Modern Horizons. It's uh, five cents. And it says, whenever a creature enters a battlefield under your control, you gain one life. If Answered Prayers isn't a creature, it becomes a 3-3 angel with flying in addition to its other types until end of turn. So basically, anytime a creature enters the battlefield, you gain a life. So it's kind of like what I was saying. You just want to start gaining life for doing anything. And it can become a 3-3 flyer if you need it to. And uh, you don't have a choice. It becomes it no matter what. Um, so it does open it up to removal. But you know what? If somebody decides that they want to use their removal spell on your Answered Prayers... Uh, Godspeed. You go go nuts. That's fine. And the only thing I'll add to that, Silencia is one of those colors that does populate extremely efficient and populates a very cheap mechanic because it's not that great. So if you start to see as you're building out this deck, you have a lot of tokens. Well, you might say, how do I take advantage of answered prayers? You could populate on demand based on your board state and potentially be able to do this during each opponent's turn even. So you always have this 3-3 flyer blocker. That's true. Yeah, yeah. If you can find ways to uh, gain life in other players' turns, um, which there are definitely ways to do that, uh, yeah, you just got a surpri surprise three-three. Like, ah, gotcha. Ah, That's great. Pow, right uh, in the kisser. So for a nickel, it is not bad. Yeah, power right in the kisser, exactly. Um, so my dime is a relatively new card. Um, it is, well, I should type it in correctly, Lunark Veteran. And let's see, it is from Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Um, it is a one drop, which is one of the great things about these other soul sisters we talk about. They all cost one. This one costs one, but it only, um, it's a human cleric and it, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control. So it only does it if it's under your control, unlike the other ones, uh, but you gain a life. Uh, the cool thing about this one though, is though it has disturb for one and a white. And so if it gets killed, uh, it gets caught in a board wipe or whatever, um, you can pay one in a white and transform it to luminous phantom which is a flyer one one and it says whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield you gain a life and if it would get killed it just gets exiled so it gives you a little bit of card advantage because when it dies it can come back and it gives you all those little things for creatures coming in you just keep uh, gaining life and it's awesome uh i love how you picked a better card for my deck than even your deck because this uh would do amazing in niambi Leaving and entering, oh, gaining life. That's all she wants to do. That's a that's awesome. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. No, <laughs> definitely. And so my last one is one I'd actually never heard of until I started uh, researching this for this episode. It is uh, from Mirrodin Block. It is Leonin Elder. It is a single white. It is a cat cleric for people who want. Cat. Those are actually two relevant tribes. Uh, it's a 1-1, one, one, and it says whenever an artifact comes into play, you may gain life. And it isn't just for you. It is when anybody has an artifact gain and comes into play. And if you look at how much, how many treasure decks are running around, how many decks are running, you know, all sorts of mana rocks, like every deck, unless they are going out of their way to not do it, every deck has artifacts. And this is just going to sit there, and it's just going to gain you a little life at a time. And it's going to be great. Well, uh, the best thing is, you know, that smothering tithe player that always annoys you? Have this out there. Hey, are you sure you want to create a treasure? Because I'm going to get 13 different triggered effects. What's going on? Yep. Exactly. So, yeah, so don't play the smothering tithe. I mean, you can if you want to. I'm just going to gain a bunch of life. It's going to be great. So, yeah, so th those are my picks. What do you guys think? Yeah, I I really like these picks in particular because they're filling uh, the most important niche for white Uh for life gain decks like this that are doing drips, uh, which is that Soul Sister category. That's a really tough thing to do for under a dollar. And what you've presented is four really solid options under a dollar that would fit and be effective in really any white-based life gain deck. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously I commented on a, a few of the cards. I think... Oob, what you did very well is you were able to, just like Murphy was saying, taking those expensive... Here, we'll use your analogy from earlier. You were able to take your Cinnamon's Toast Crunch, that is your Soul Sisters, and you were able to find 
cinnamon toast bites because I already forgot what they were called. Uh, you're able to find <laughs> that like replacement that's like it kind of gets me there. Yes, it's not quite as good, but I can live with it. It wasn't so like off the deep end that your Shasta was to your Coke. I totally agree. Yep, and that's exactly what I was aiming for with this. So I'm glad that that you you saw that too. That's awesome. Well, guys, hopefully you thoroughly enjoyed the very first episode of The Budget Shop, talking about life gain. And thanks for visiting our humble budget shop. And this is Mr. Commodore 5 saying thanks for stopping by. And please be sure to go uh, follow us on Twitter at CMD Tower and at Mr. Commodore 5 all spelled out except for the five. Yeah, and this is Murphus signing out. Again, you can find me at MurphusAlviMTG on Twitter or over at Commander's Herald. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Ultra Budget Bruise MTG. Or sorry, sorry, sorry. Actually, it's at, at Bruise MTG. Yeah, I'm. I should know my own Twitter handle, but you know that's how much I pay attention. I suppose. Yeah, that's uh, just when you when you become so famous, you're just like I don't even know my Twitter handle. My people know it. Oh, so much fame, so much fame. <laughs> All right, guys, keep calm, carry on, buy your dual lands. Bye. <laughs>